Welcome to this podcast recording from the 2022 POD, Partnership Opportunities in Drug Delivery Conference. The POD Conference is produced by the Conference Forum. For more information, please visit podconference.com. Enjoy the podcast recording from POD 2022. I'm going to talk about, you know, long-acting injectables uh, formulation development, and I'm going to use a peptide as an example to share with you some of the key learnings I have collected, you know, over the years uh, I have been working in this industry. Uh, actually, I plan to give you, you know, all the key learnings at the very beginning of my presentation and then share more details along the way. I would say there are three key learnings I have uh, over the years. One is that, you know, every single API we work with, they're unique. You know, they have their own uh, personalities. You know, it is critical for us to understand the personalities of the API we work with in order to identify the best for, uh, strategies to use forward. There is no one solution that fits all. On one hand, you know, uh, that make our work more interesting. On the other hand, you know, uh, that also gave us the job security to a certain extent. Um, the other uh, key learnings I have uh, is that, you know, um, formulation development, uh, you know, uh, drug delivery is definitely uh, on the critical path of a successful pharmaceutical R&D program. Uh, but it's not the only thing that is on the critical path. You know, it is very important for us to work with uh, scientists from different line functions in order to come up the, with the best uh, strategies uh, forward. You know, sometimes formulation is the most important part, but other times it might be other aspects. So we got to work with other people very efficiently in order to you know, move the forward, uh, projects forward. Uh, last but not least, you know, we always need to uh, keep the end user in our mind. So, uh, you know, we have heard a lot of people here uh, yesterday and today talking about uh, patient centricity. And also, you know, we need to provide the options to patients. Uh, that gives us a better, you know, chance uh, for success and also provide better, you know, uh, health care to our end users, our patients. So coming back to the peptides, you know, uh, uh, those are the, you know, molecules uh, that I'm, uh, you know, really uh, fond of. I have been working with peptides for a long period of time. Uh, peptides uh, is very unique in a way that, you know, uh, they are not the traditional small molecules. They're bigger, but they are not as big as, uh, you know, the uh, proteins. We would like to use peptides to, you know, uh, gain the benefit from both the small molecule world as well as the protein world. However, you know, peptides showed us uh, their unique personalities in a way that, you know, uh, they uh, don't always provide, uh, you know, the advantages uh, towards our benefit. So uh, ever since I started to work with peptides, I was told, okay, oral administration is preferred by patients uh, for uh, peptide, uh, you know, drugs. On the other hand, you know, uh, when you think about it, uh, if you are the patient that requires, you know, a treatment uh, using a peptide, would you like to have one, you know, or even multiple, you know, uh, dosage for uh, peptides uh, on a daily basis, reminding you about the chronic disease you have, or you'd rather have, you know, a treatment uh, once maybe on a biweekly or even monthly basis uh, so that, you know, you can... Forget about your disease and enjoy life uh, at other time. 
So uh, that's what I'm thinking. You know, we need to give uh, our patients the options. You know, for some patients, they may prefer to take the oral uh, tablets on a daily basis, but for the other patients, they may prefer to have the long-acting, you know, injectable formulations. Why long-acting injectable is, uh, you know, needed for peptides? Peptides is unique in a way that, you know, it's made of uh, natural amino acids. And the natural amino acids, uh, they are subject to, you know, uh, both endo and exo, you know, um, exo uh, proteases, so that they tend to have very short half-lives. You know, by uh, coming up with the long-acting, you know, uh, formulation forms, uh, we will be able to have a way to ensure the peptide concentration to uh, remain at a certain level in our systems. Um, so peptide is not that new to us anymore. You know, insulin has been used uh, for centuries for the treatment of, uh, you know, uh, diabetes. In uh, about eight years ago, uh, Bidurin has been uh, approved uh, as, uh, you know, once weekly uh, treatment uh, for type 2 diabetes. And there are a lot more, you know, uh, long-acting or sustained release peptide formulations that are, you know, uh, either on the market or being developed in, you know, uh, clinical trials. And I have, you know, uh, collected some of the data from Farmer Circle to show you, you know, the number of projects that are currently, you know, in the clinical trials. So uh, long-acting, you know, uh, injectables, as I mentioned, uh, you know, are desired uh, for some of the peptide, you know, uh, therapeutics. Uh, they offer a lot of advantages. And, you know, uh, more importantly, you know, they uh, reduce the dosing frequency, uh, delayed, uh, you know, the uh, sub-Q absorption and improve the patient compliance. And thus, you know, are preferred, uh, especially for the treatment of uh, chronical diseases, as well as, you know, the therapies that require long-term treatment. Um, so there are, like, you know, multiple ways that we can achieve the long-acting uh, you know, effects of the peptide therapeutics. Here are listed three main one, uh, three main, you know, strategies uh, we use. Uh, the first is by modifying the drug substance. You know, this requires us to work very closely with our chemist. You know, by adding, you know, different uh, conjugation uh, components uh, into, you know, the drug substance, for example, you know, uh, by uh, adding the lipids, uh, by adding polymer like a PEG, or by adding, by adding you know, FC uh, to our peptides, uh, that those ways can uh, efficiently enhance the half-life of the peptides. And the second part we use, a second strategy we use is by you know, uh, coming up with the long-acting injectable enabling formulations. And there are multiple things, you know, we can do. Uh, and I'm going to show you, you know, one example today. Uh, I'm going to list all the, uh, some of the other examples in one of the slides too. In terms of the different formulation strategies uh, we have uh, to achieve the long-acting effects of the peptides. Uh, and then last but not least, you know, uh, by using the different, you know, uh, controlling devices. I realize that there are many, you know, experts in the audience that, you know, uh, have been uh, dedicated uh, their work in uh, device uh, development. Quite a lot of, uh, you know, devices can help, you know, uh, to achieve, you know, the sustained release uh, effect of the, you know, peptide therapeutics. In this table, you know, uh, we listed uh, 
all the long-acting, you know, uh, injectable peptides that have been approved uh, by FDA uh, since the turn of this century. Uh, this is published, uh, you know, in one of our recent reviews uh, in uh, expert opinions. Uh, you know, uh, I recommend you to go and uh, read that review. Uh, it will give you more detailed information. But as you can see uh, here, you know, the focus is more on either by, you know, the modification of the uh, drug substance or by formulation strategies in terms to achieve the long-acting effect of the peptides. Uh, the device part, you know, uh, has been reviewed by many other, you know, uh, very good uh, papers that, you know, you can find references from uh, our review paper. Um, so the other thing, you know, uh, the other, uh, you know, important part uh, that I want to share with you is that, you know, formulation is not only about components. It may be the information you find from the literature, from publications, but formulation is also about processes. I learned it the hard way, you know, uh, so there are different, you know, formulation strategies we use and how we make those formulations are actually, you know, uh, very important to, uh, you know, the, uh, to make sure the success of, you know, the lighting uh, effects that can be achieved. Uh, on this slide, you know, I'm showing you some of the, you know, uh, more uh, generic ways uh, for uh, the uh, lighting uh, peptide uh, delivery formulation development, but those are not only, you know, uh, formulation techniques that we, uh, you know, use and consider during our LAI, you know, formulation development. Again, you know, the details can be found from our review papers. The take home message is that, you know, when you look at the formulation information about, you know, uh, not only about long acting, about any other kind of formulations, uh, you know, in addition to pay attention to the components that we have in those formulations, you know, try to find the process that has been uh, involved in the formulation development. They, uh, they may play an even more important role you know, in uh, the success of uh, the developability of your uh, for, uh, long acting formulations. So uh, the uh, long acting, you know, uh, peptide formulations uh, have their own, you know, uh, benefits and limitations. And these are similar to, you know, the long acting injectables of uh, biologics. We have talked about some of the benefits, for example, you know, the extended effect, the improved bioavailability, uh, you know, the uh, reduced uh, safety, uh, you know, the uh, enlarged uh, therapeutic window. On the other hand, uh, you know, there are certain limitations, uh, you know, that's associated with the long-acting, you know, formulations. Again, this is, this can go beyond uh, the long-acting peptide formulations, and they are, you know, uh, somewhat similar to long-acting, you know, biologics as well as uh, long-acting small molecules. Uh, so one thing, you know, uh, that was also touched based on at the panel discussion earlier, which was associated with the pain and the discomfort, you know, the patient may experience uh, with this uh, long-acting, you know, uh, formulations. So, you know, how to uh, balance uh, the concentration uh, that's uh, going to be uh, dosed versus, you know, the... Um, uh, uh, the discomfort the patient, you know, uh, people may, or the patient may experience. Uh, 
And also we talked about the volume, right? You know, the typical device we use uh, provide a volume typically in the one to two mil range. There are a lot of people working on, you know, the uh, devices that can, you know, provide uh, even larger volume, you know, for uh, this kind of formulations. And those are critical too, you know, uh, when we can, uh, those uh, higher volume of, you know, the dosing solutions, we'll be able to, you know, lower the uh, concentration, thus, you know, uh, uh, lower the viscosity of the dosing solution. And hopefully that will also, you know, uh, erase some of the pain the uh, patient, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, suffer. Um, it also increased, uh, you know, the safety margin, uh, typically, you know, uh, uh, with uh, the long-acting formulations. Um, so the other, you know, limitation, which is, uh, you know, something that, you know, we are still actively trying to identify solution from, uh, a solution of is, the, you know, how to develop a meaningful and predictive in vitro model. You know, we cannot fully rely on in vivo model to evaluate every single formulation we come up. If we can come up with uh, some meaningful and very predictive in vitro models and to build up the in vitro in vivo correlation, that will significantly improve the formulation development uh, work. Last but not least, you know, immunogenicity. Uh, this is uh, something that, you know, uh, we pay a lot of attention to when we derive the uh, peptide formulation. So I mentioned that, you know, uh, one thing I learned uh, along my uh, career is that, you know, each uh, API we work with uh, has its own personality. Uh, so, you know, it is very important for us to, you know, uh, get a good understanding about, you know, the personality of the API we work with. And for that, you know, we work a lot and try our best to, you know, get as much information as possible during the pre-formulation work. Um, here on this slide, I listed out, you know, quite a number of things we assess uh, during the pre-formulation considerations for uh, peptide, you know, formulation development. Um, the key aspects uh, to, you know, consider during this uh, stage, uh, there are two. One is solubility and the other one is stability. As you can see, all those properties, you know, we... Um, Access uh, during this uh, stage are re somewhat related to the solubility and stability uh, of the uh, drug substance. Uh, we, you know, uh, look at the different uh, physical properties of our APIs, and then with that, you know, have a risk assessment of, uh, you know, the uh, developability of, uh, you know, the API. So I have about five minutes left, and I'm going to, you know, share with you one case example uh, that, you know, we uh, worked on uh, during the, you know, one of the uh, peptide formulation development. And the, for this example, we use the peptide aggregation. So peptide aggregation is most likely unavailable, uh, unavoidable. And most of the time, you know, uh, we consider it as, uh, you know, something that's against the development of a peptide drug. However, you know, for certain cases, we can actually, you know, flip this over and use uh, this unique property of the API and make, you know, um, a, a suitable uh, long-acting formulation of uh, a peptide, uh, you know, uh, candidate. 
So uh, here, you know, uh, we showed you one of the peptide uh, example, which is, uh, you know, uh, hormone peptide PYY. And as you can see from the right-hand side, you know, uh, at the different concentrations, this peptide actually aggregates into different forms. Uh, it can be a myself, or it can be a febrile, and it can uh, also form a gel, you know, if the concentration uh, is even higher. How can we, you know, control the aggregation of the peptide? Multiple things we can try. One is to change the pH. The other is to change the salt of the peptide, and temperature sometimes can play a role in terms of, you know, the uh, controlling the aggregation of peptides. And sometimes, you know, we can um, uh, uh, add some, you know, conjugate uh, pep uh, portion to the peptide uh, to, you know, uh, modulate uh, the aggregation. And there are, you know, different analytical uh, methods we can use uh, to understand the peptide aggregation. Here I listed some of them. Um, and then, you know, uh, let me move on to an exact example. So this peptide uh, oxyto uh, modeling, uh, we have been, you know, working with that uh, and, uh, you know, developed uh, LAI uh, formulation by using the aggregation property of this particular peptide. Due to the time constraint, I'm not going to go into all the details about this particular peptide, but rather show you some of the you know, uh, observations we had during the formulation development. You know, um, depending on the concentration of this peptide and depending on the treatment of this peptide. Uh, so uh, originally, this peptide exists uh, more like a you know, solution uh, in the uh, aqueous, uh, under, uh, in aqueous condition. And then, you know, uh, at 37 degrees Celsius, uh, with some agitation, at 10 mg per mil, we start to observe the formation of aggregation. And once we put this, uh, you know, uh, mixture um, uh, steady for, you know, a longer period of time, we observe the formation of, uh, you know, fabril uh, in the, you know, container. And this uh, showed you the, you know, uh, the uh, formation of, you know, the uh, self-assembled, you know, uh, form of this particular peptide. And, you know, by using CD, THD, and DLS, you know, we further characterize uh, the, you know, fabrile of this peptide. And it clearly showed that, you know, we have, say, more uh, uh, and more of the, you know, beta sheet uh, being performed uh, in the uh, fabular form of this peptide. Also, you know, uh, this uh, fibrillation of this peptide showed, uh, you know, a unique release uh, profile, uh, you know, in different uh, uh, media. You know, uh, here we worked with saline water as well as in HCL. As we can tell you that, you know, in water, uh, we have seen a relatively steady release of this, you know, peptide. And, you know, uh, here on this slide, I showed, you know, the percentage release uh, over either four hours or over 48 hours. Uh, more, you know, we look at, you know, the potency and toxicity of uh, this uh, peptide along the time. You know, the, uh, the released peptide showed very similar performance as the free peptide. Uh, and the fibril, you know, peptide other than show this uh, particular properties. Furthermore, some of the PKPD, you know, uh, data further demonstrate the release uh, of this long-acting formulation of the peptides. 
due to the time constraint, I'm not going to go into the details. But as you can see, you know, from the bottom two figures, uh, the purple line as well as the right line, you know, indicated uh, the, you know, the uh, 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 release of the, you know, peptide uh, at uh, two different concentrations, uh, and they indeed have provided, uh, you know, the peptides in the circulation for, uh, you know, sustained release uh, period of time. Uh, so just very quickly, you know, uh, there are certain things we need to consider, you know, when we uh, look into the long-acting formulation uh, in development of the peptides. More information can be found uh, from the review paper we published early this year. Uh, last but not least, you know, uh, we always want to uh, recommend you to keep, you know, the Otterbeck's uh, innovation model in mind when you look at the long-acting injectable technologies uh, development. So typically, you know, the uh, product uh, innovation uh, comes early uh, than, you know, the uh, process innovation, but both are very important. Here, you know, I listed uh, some of the uh, very, you know, uh, useful formulation strategies uh, we apply uh, when we look at the lighting formulation development of the peptide uh, drug products. And last but not least, you know, I'd like to thank some of, you know, the colleagues uh, who uh, have uh, been uh, dedicating their time in this work. And thank you very much for your attention. We hope you enjoyed this podcast recording from The Pod, Partnership Opportunities in Drug Delivery 2022 Conference. For more information, please visit podconference.com.